What is up, guys? It's Alex Johnson here, the founder and lead analyst at YardsPerFantasy.com. Welcome into the 132nd episode of the Feed Me Fantasy Podcast. Let's eat. So as usual, today we're talking ads, drops, buys, and sells for week 10, just like we do every week on Wednesdays. And we'll also take a few questions at the end of the show, so stick around if you're on YouTube or TikTok. Like always, before we get too far into things, let me remind you, get on Underdog Fantasy and start drafting weekly teams. I I know we're getting to the point in the season where your teams are falling out of contention, injuries, bye weeks, you're getting the best of you. It may be time to bury that redraft team and start looking elsewhere for your fantasy football fix. And that's where Underdog Fantasy comes in. You can draft these weekly teams, a brand new team, every single week. It's basically DFS in snake draft form. Or you can play their pickums, where you can take the overs or the unders on player props for your favorite players. Or you can just follow along with the picks that I'm making every week. Because I put out an article Saturday morning, every week, yardsperfantasy.com, with my underdog plays of the week. And when you sign up for underdog, use promo code YARDSPER. That's all one word, YARDSPER. Get a $100 deposit match. Go to underdogfantasy.com, download the Underdog Fantasy app, and you can also use that same code, YARDSPER, to get a 125% deposit bonus on BetUS if you are into sports betting. That could be another way to pivot away from your terrible redraft teams. Start sports betting. BetUS, promo code YARDSPER, 125% deposit bonus. Sign up. Use the promo code, get your free money, start betting. Easy as that. But let's get to what we are here for today. That's the ads, drops, buys, and sells, everything that you need to do before week 10 to improve your team. And the first is heading to the waiver wire. We're going to look on the waiver wire because he's still available in a lot of leagues. But the, t- the clock is ticking to add Odell Beckham Jr. That's right. That's right. The rumblings are getting louder and louder. And the list of teams who are reportedly in on Odell Beckham seems to be getting longer and longer by the week. The Rams were the original favorites, but they're on the verge of falling out of contention and probably don't make a lot of sense at this point. And Vaughn Miller has been publicly recruiting Odell Beckham to the Bills for months. And then just yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, Anyway, recently, Jerry Jones entered the chat and he talked about Odell Beckham on the on the radio saying he knows that, quote, the Cowboys star on that helmet when he puts it on could look pretty good. And I agree. I agree. I agree. So he could go to the Cowboys. The Cowboys are in in on that bidding war. There's also been talk of the Vikings, the Giants, the Chiefs. The Buccaneers, the Packers, all these teams have in one way or another expressed interest or have reportedly been interested. Inevitably, he's going to sign with a contender for the stretch run. One of these teams, maybe a dark horse emerges, signs him. But the question is, will that happen soon enough to matter for fantasy football? I'm skeptical of that still. But he's certainly worth an add 
just in case because we know what he can do. He jumped into Los Angeles last last season and had an immediate impact. So I'm I'm going and picking up Odell Beckham in the leagues where he's still available. And there's a lot of them. Now, another guy who's been dropped, crazily been dropped in a lot of leagues. But where he's not dropped, I'm trying to buy him. That's Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson's fantasy value has taken quite the roller coaster ride over the last few weeks. He was crushing it as the 49ers RB1 before the team made a move for Christian McCaffrey. So it was, you know, it was nice and up. And then they went, got McCaffrey, just crushed him. And then, then he gets dealt to Miami at the trade deadline where he operated as the lead running back in his first game. The Dolphins gave up a fifth round pick to get him, which is actually not a cheap buy for a veteran running back. So we knew the team planned to use him. And based on the week nine usage, they see him as much more than a backup to the incumbent starter Raheem Mostert. In fact, Jeff Wilson out snapped 49 or 47% while commanding a 10% target share to Mostert's 7%. He also ran one more route than Mostert. If that's what he's doing in his first game after being with the team for less than a week, I imagine there is a larger plan in store for Jeff Wilson moving forward. So another guy who's been dropped in a lot of leagues recently, I'm saying you got to go get him. You got to go get, or if, if you'll have him on your roster, Chuba Hubbard, you have to hold on to Chuba Hubbard or go pick him up where he's been dropped. He operated as the lead running back in week eight before his ankle injury. So at worst, at worst, he's expected to get passing downs work when he returns. And that role netted seven targets and eight rush attempts in week nine between Raheem Blackshear and Spencer Brown. And on top of that, Deontay Foreman crashed back down to earth, as we predicted last week, by the way. And he could seed some carries upon Hubbard's return as well. Hubbard could take some of those Deontay Foreman carries. You're going to get the targets, passing downs work. He's going to be involved in this offense. And that's an offense that's playing from behind a lot. So there's a lot of opportunities for passing situations, and that's where Chuba slides in. Now, of course, you're not going to get like RB1 production of Chuba Hubbard, but he's worth worth an ad, worth the hold for bye weeks, start, you know, your flex down the stretch. He's going to have some value. So don't be dropping Chuba Hubbard. Don't you dare. Um, now let's get let's get to the trade market. Let's sell. I want you to sell Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney. This is a two-for-one. This is a two-for-one deal. I know Justin Fields' ascension in recent weeks has some fantasy gamers quite excited about his prospects, you know, as well as the prospects of his passing, I mean, of his receiving core, Darnell Mooney, and the trade of Chase Claypool. Now, let me preface all this before we you know, get too far. I like Justin Fields. He's an emerging star, period. End of end of conversation. We know he's looking good. 
I have nothing against Justin Fields. But the reality is he's getting it done with his legs, not his arm. Fields is still throwing at a bottom of the league rate. In fact, his 28 attempts in week nine was his season high. That is not enough to sustain one fantasy receiver consistently, never mind two. And then we also have tight end Cole Komet, who's been getting more involved lately as well. They're going to have a couple weeks, Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney, where they put up a nice performance. But more often than not, they're going to leave you feeling a little underwhelmed. So take advantage of this field's hype and sell his pass catchers right now. Now, while we're talking about sells, I also want you to sell Curtis Samuel. Now, Curtis Samuel, this one kind of hurts me a little bit. Curtis Samuel has been one of my biggest hits from the preseason of 2022. When nobody was talking about him, I was making a case for Curtis Samuel to anybody that would listen. I made TikTok videos. I was on these live shows, on the podcast, on YouTube. I wrote articles saying you gotta go, you gotta go draft Curtis Samuel. I mean, he was basically free. He was basically free at the end of drafts. Why the fuck wouldn't you? And it's been great. It's been great. I mean, hell yeah, what a take, right? But the switch to Taylor Heineke at quarterback has caused a shift in the wide receiver pecking order in Washington. In every game with Carson Wentz. Curtis Samuel out-targeted Terry McLaurin. Samuel had a 21.8% target share with Wentz, while McLaurin's share was down at 16%. But since Heineke has stepped in, the, the script has flipped. McLaurin's target share is up to 31% with Heineke, while Samuel's is down to 17%. Samuel got extremely, I mean extremely lucky with his 49-yard touchdown that was thrown into triple coverage and needed an official to get in the way and knock over a Viking safety to clear the way for that touchdown. That's not going to happen again. He ended up giving you a nice 15.5 fantasy points, but based on these recent usage trends, I'm recommending that you cash out. All right, so we got some guys we're selling, but who are we buying? Who are we buying? Talked about Jeff Wilson. We're buying Jeff Wilson, but we got a few more. One of them is George Pickens. We've talked about George Pickens a few times this season. He's flashed here and there, but he's not really been able to string it all together for multiple productive weeks at a time. But the trade of Chase Claypool should help clear the path for more targets for this stud rookie wide receiver. Pickens is a red zone threat and a downfield weapon. And Chase Claypool had a like a 17, I think, 17% target share during his time this season with the Steelers. I mean, all those aren't going to go to Pickens. I think Fryermuth, because Claypool was operating in the middle of the field, Fryermuth is going to get some of those targets. They kind of be spread around, but that's going to open up more opportunities for George Pickens. Maybe a more consistent role for George Pickens. Now, of course, with a rookie quarterback, we can still expect some down weeks. 
but the upside is high and the cost is minimal. It's not going to cost you much to go get George Pickens. He's probably on a lot of waiver wires and where he's not, it's not going to take a whole lot to go buy him. The risk is like nothing. Upside is pretty high. Now this next one, this next one is a short-term ad. And sometimes we talk about these short-term ads. If you we got four teams on a buy this week, I think another four next week, if I remember correctly. Bi-week replacements are hard to find, hard to come by at this point in the season. On your waiver wire, especially. So while we are stashing Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear is a viable bi-week streamer until Chuba Hubbard returns. Hubbard. Did I say Hubba? Chuba Hubba? Chuba Hubbard. Blackshear led Panthers running backs with a 13% target share in week nine. He ran just one fewer route than Deontay Foreman and more than Spencer Brown. So when Carolina is trailing, which is often, which we already talked about with this Chuba Hubbard role, Blackshear is going to be the back taking most of those cheap check downs and racking up PPR points. He fell in the end zone as well. He's going to get those targets, those dump offs. He's a guy you can stream. He's a guy you can stream in deeper leagues where you have bye weeks. Go get Raheem Blackshear. You could do a lot worse. All right. So we talked about Justin Fields, right? Talked about Justin Fields. And I talk about it all the time. It is okay to buy high. I give you permission. It's okay to buy high. Now, you can't buy high on everybody, but on the right players, it's absolutely okay to buy high. I mean, this year more than ever, these dual threat quarterbacks are providing a huge edge in fantasy football, and Justin Fields has been the latest to join the trend. So we are buying Justin Fields. Buying high. I know that's high. We're buying. His passing numbers are up. He just got a new weapon. He's setting records for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a single game. And as a result, he's been one of the highest scoring quarterbacks since week five. And there's no reason to think this doesn't continue. If you're a contender and don't have one of these elite difference-making quarterbacks like a Josh Allen, a Jalen Hurts, a Patrick Mahomes, may, might even be able to put two in that category as well, I would consider making an offer for Justin Fields. And if maybe even if you're one of these middling teams, one of these teams that, you know, you have a Josh Allen, you have a Jalen Hurts, you have a Patrick Mahomes, but you're, the rest of your team isn't quite living up to expectations. So you're kind of like a 500 team. You know, if you had a little few more pieces at running back or wide receiver, might push you over the edge. Maybe you take that Josh Allen and you trade down to a Justin Hurt, I mean, to a Justin Fields, and you pick up a nice wide receiver or running back to improve your starting lineup. I mean, there's a few ways to go about buying Justin Fields. I'm trying to do it in leagues where it makes sense to do. Another guy I'm buying. We've got two more buys here to wrap up the show. 
a lot of buys this week. We have, we've had a few weeks where we've only had like one or two because it just, you know, I don't want to force it just to hit a number. This week we have a good amount of buys. It's exciting. Makes it for a fun show. Another one I'm buying is I'm on Ross A. Brown. I mean, I know he's been disappointing in recent weeks. Part of that is working through the ankle injury. But coming out of the bye week, Amon Ross St. Brown has returned to elite usage with target shares of 27% and 35%. And prior to the injury, his shares were 32% and 35%. So when he's healthy, he's getting elite usage in this Lions offense. And the trade of TJ Hawkinson is only going to help open up more opportunities for Amon Ross St. Brown in the middle of the field and in the red zone. The Lions have been one of the top scoring units in football, and they seem to be playing from behind most weeks, which will incentivize passing. And that's another reason why he had a down week in week nine. Despite the high target share, they weren't incentivized to throw a ton like they are most weeks because they were playing from ahead. It was a close game. The Packers offense isn't a threat to score a ton of points. So when you have an opponent like that, the Lions offense is not incentivized to drop back 50 times a game of Jared Goff. They're going to turn around and hand it off 24 times to Jamal Williams. So that's why we had a down game with Amon Ra. But the target share was high. That target share translates to future weeks when they have a higher passing volume. It's going to be wheels up for Amon Ra St. Brown. So, and, and we also know he's good. And we, like I said, we know the Lions want to get him the ball. So buy him now before he gets hot again because it's going to happen. We saw what he did for the stretch run last year. If you have a chance to buy that guy low right now, I'm sure as hell I'm doing it. All right, last guy we're going to talk about, then we'll get to a few questions before we get out of here. This is another buy, it's another wide receiver. It's another guy we talked about already. It's Rondell Moore. I know we discussed buying Rondell Moore a few weeks back when he was running a ton of routes, getting a sizable target share coming off his own injury. And I was confident. We talked about it. We, I was confident that his role would be safe upon the return of DeAndre Hopkins. Now, the first week, the usage dipped for that one week that DeAndre Hopkins came back, that first game. They were all excited. Get DeAndre Got DeAndre back. We're going to feed his ass. And that's what they did. And Rondell Moore's target share dipped to 7% that week. I was like, oh boy, here we go. However, it quickly recovered over the last two weeks. He's had target shares of 18% and 29%. What's even more exciting, though, is that he's not limited to just targets at and behind the line of scrimmage anymore. He's not just getting screen passes and swing routes and jet sweep type plays. He's running actual routes. He's playing actual wide receiver. They're trusting him to go down the field a little bit. They're still not deep routes, but he's at least going a few yards past the line of scrimmage, running a real route, a real threat, which is giving him more opportunities to get targets for one, meaningful targets and to use his run after the catch ability, which is what he is so good and why we loved him so much coming out of college.